Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Partners. And welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast. Uh, This is a podcast designed for HR directors to help them drive the strategic people debate. And my name is Chris Howard, once again on the HR on the Offensive podcast. Today, I'm going to be joined by our managing director, Aaron Albury. Hello, Aaron. Say hello. Hey, Chris. How are you doing? Hello. And I'm also going to be joined by a very special guest, which is uh, Jess Raby from Jessica Raby Associates. Jess, how are you doing? I'm good. Nice to be here with you. Thank you, Chris and Aaron. It's lovely to have you on. It's lovely to have you on. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about coaching. This is a this is a really, really interesting subject, I think. And certainly it's a pertinent subject in the current climate. As we're recording this podcast, of course, it's we're still in God knows what week we are in of lockdown. I've lost count, if I'm completely honest with you. And in the current climate, things are changing rapidly. They're changing rapidly and there are professionals, there are HR directors, there are HR professionals of all levels and experience that are feeling the strain. You know, whether that's pressures being put on them as a result of staff being furloughed or managing change at such an unparalleled time, perhaps difficult to realize that sometimes, you know, there's support there if you need it. And, you know, you can get external support as well as internal support as well. So today's podcast, I wanted to talk to you both about coaching and executive coaching. Um, and so again, like I say, I'm delighted to welcome um, Jess onto the show. But uh, before uh, I get Aaron and myself start firing questions at you, Jess, could you tell us a little bit about, just give us a bit of a flavor as to what you guys do at Jessica Raby Associates and the type of coaching that, that you get involved with? Thank you, Chris. Yes. So I've been a coach since 2004 and I have a team of associates where we tailor the offer to the client depending who we're working with what sector what level and uh, we've all been coaching a long time and have been through more than one recession um, both economic and financial but also uh, working with clients where they've been going through different crises like health crises and the impact sometimes of terrorism so there's lots of different levels and experiences that we've got uh, as well as working with lots of clients who go through vast growth and uh, seizing opportunities and this current crisis we're seeing clients who are being challenged by both of those so um, we work with clients individually one-to-one as coaches but also uh, in small groups team coaching and then for larger groups with workshops so we do all three types of delivery Cool. And in terms of that, I guess the uh, you, you mentioned at this current crisis, you know, you're working with people in, in different ways. From a HR director's perspective, are there any kind of challenges, some common challenges that you're coming across that perhaps are existing right now and you're speaking to clients about that perhaps three months ago when the world looked like a very different place indeed, uh, it wasn't cropping up? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, so uh, there's a lot that's changed. And I think, you know, we all know that there's such a vast increase in uncertainty and high levels of ambiguity. But what is specifically different is that's happening both personally and professionally and on a local and a global level. And so for HR directors in particular, there's an awful lot on their shoulders. You know, they, they're used to coping with big workloads and um 
change and pace and transformation, but the level of workload and stress on their shoulders has vastly gone up. And Jess, I think the uh, it's, it's a good point that I think, you know, because we, we've been running a series of webinars recently, Chris will promote, I am sure, all the way through this. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> And, you know, one of the things that we've been focused on is sort of how to help HR directors through this, recognizing that that level of pressure. But I think one of the big pressure points for HR directors is how to support the executive and leadership around them, because not only are they dealing with the employee base and working that through, but clearly there's a lot of as you, pressure on, on that leadership team right now, making fast decisions. So, yes, we can really help HR directors both for themselves and for the teams and the senior executives they're working with, um, spot people who are in danger of burnout and prevent burnout. It's a common aspect of a crisis that some people at the end of this are, are definitely at risk. And often senior executives and HR directors don't put themselves first and don't prioritise themselves, and it's really essential they do. Um, and also where we can really help is for the senior executives to be more effective in their decision making. They're making decisions at pace with high levels of uncertainty and to have a sounding board where we can really stretch their thinking, widen their focus. That can really support the continual decision making at pace and the, dis the continual looking at uh, more than one scenario um, so that they've got different pivot points that can take them forward. Mm. That, that's really interesting what you said there, because one of the, Aaron and I were on a podcast uh, recently with Annette Andrews. And one of the things that we talked about was who's, who's looking after HR because HR are so focused on the rest of the business that sometimes you'll have senior executives that are so focused on everything outside of that. They don't perhaps look at their own team as much. Um, and that was one of the things I would say is consistent pre this and currently. <laughs> um, it's often really hard to get HR directors to get support and development for themselves. They um, are great at spotting others, but um, it's hard to say, actually, I think I should be invested in too. And the organisations that I see who are currently really taking this forward are people who are realizing they they need to support their staff uh, quite a lot of them um, have furloughed so the people who are remaining are doing the same job but with less people working longer hours and you know you really need to support that energy that commitment uh, to keep people feeling valued and supported do you know what? I was just going to ask you a question about the furloughed stuff actually with all of the clients that you speak to so there are some businesses that will be furloughing staff there'll be a lot of businesses as we know will, will be furloughing staff and there'll be some that um, that don't need to perhaps because of the business model the industry sector that they're in is there a difference between those businesses that are furloughing a lot of staff and the coaching requirements that they need and those businesses that are not furloughing staff are there are there similarities in terms of their what they need or is there some differences so I would say the offer of coaching is the same, but the focus will be different. So yeah. the great benefit around coaching is it's tailored to you and your specific situation, your challenge and opportunities and, and how you're responding to those. So coaching really meets people where they're at. 
And so for those who aren't furloughing, uh, they may be doing that because it's business as usual, but perhaps remote working for the majority of what they're doing. Uh, whereas others, they're going through an uncertain time, but they're hoping for growth or stability. Whereas in the furloughing groups and organisations, we really see that um, two things are happening. The people who are remaining are being asked to do so much with so little, um, mm. and they might be down to four days a week, and yet yeah, probably they're working five. And what you're also getting there is the discrepancy of how to integrate the people who've been furloughed later on. Because some of the people who are furloughed you know, they'll see the Instagram pictures and they're having a lovely time in the garden. Some of the people who are being furloughed are very anxious. And likewise, some of the people who are working are really enjoying actually having something to do and feeling valued and um, productive. Um, and others are feeling um, really stretched. So for me, both need it, but the focus and the intention will be slightly different. That's a very good point. We had a good debate, I think, Chris, didn't we, on the webinar the other day about furloughed return and, and and this whole transition of people back into workforce is going to be so different for each individual um, and you've got to consider the various different scenarios that people are in as Jess was just describing and and, and I think um, not not approach this as a one-size-fits-all and not 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 rush back with one way of doing things because there are going to be people are going to react differently uh, and their personalities will mean that they'll react differently to the kind of environments they're in as well so I think we've You've got to unfortunately be quite considerate to all of those different types of scenarios as you bring people back. But I think that whole reintegration of furlough, given it's something we've never done as a country before, really is going to be uh, a challenge uh, yeah. that needs time to invest in. Um, I did. I did want to bring us around to another another conversation that's been a, a, a consideration. Of mine. So I, I do remember, and we've been talking about this: what happened before and, and what's happened since. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that used to happen before, as you mentioned, was HR never looked after themselves. But the other thing was there was never enough HR people to coach line managers. Right? And that was always the, the, the debate. You know, line managers, we need to help them be better talent managers, but there's not enough people in HR to coach them. How do we handle all of that and manage them? And hence, clearly, why you have a business, Jess. Um, yes. <laughs> but, you know, I think how, how, how people are approaching coaching line managers who clearly need it right now in a remote environment. I think you're doing some quite innovative stuff around group group coaching remotely. Yes, so we're doing coaching one-to-one -one remotely, and that's not always um, different from before, especially if you're working with a global organisation and a senior executive team. They travel a lot, so often you'll coach a client face-to-face -face for two sessions and one remotely while they're travelling. So that's not so unusual. What is more unusual but is growing is coaching teams via a different software platform um, virtually and working with them to think about how can they either support their managers and line managers to be as effective as they can so teaching them some coaching uh, exploring with them some of the challenges that are getting in the way for them to do that. Because what you often find under pressure is that people are drawn to more um, narrow focus and less collaboration and more preservation of, of style. And so often we're having to really stretch them to think about, is that 
effective now. It might have got you through the first two weeks, but now we're more in a management stage. What have you got to start doing? So does that answer your question? It does. It does. Great. great. Thanks. And, and Chris, I think you wanted to. Yeah. Do you know what I was just going to ask? Is it more difficult to actually coach people, professionals at this time because of the heightened level of crisis and stress? Or is it just the same for you because of, I don't know, your own experience? I just that was I was quite interested to see if people are people more responsive to the coaching environment than if you'd have done it under normal operating circumstances it's a great question so yes and no um (laughs) because it's always about meeting people where they're at and how they're responding we always get a range but what I would say at the moment is I'm coaching more people who are operating under high pressure and when you're doing that you need a different nuance of coaching style to help calm down the nervous system potentially to help them really have clarity of thinking and in those instances if someone's really up against it I would be being more directive in my style whereas in times of growth and lots of uh, perhaps a slower pace there's more time to be more expansive asking more questions and being more facilitative with the coaching style so I've still got clients I'm doing that with and once you've seen them two or three times virtually or directly we'll do that but sometimes in the in in the first instance you have to be quite pointed and and directive Mm -hmm. yeah I think um Jess the uh the other thing that's of uh interest to me is as well we were talking about this the other day was um the external market and I and I I just consider one of the reasons I think we we are getting some contraction on our webinar, interestingly enough, is the fact that, that at the moment, people who are under pressure, as you were just describing, they look to find other people in a similar situation and share, right? They want to know that they're not alone in their experience. They want to share. They want to get that sort of reference point. Uh, and it's things like webinars and podcasts that help do some of that as coaching. And one of the things we talked about recently was just you know, looking at your environmental around you, of, uh, what, how your competitors or adjacent people in your organizations or supply chain, how they're reacting um, as a good source of insight. Do you think there's a, a role for coaching to play of bringing people together across companies um, to sort of share ideas and concepts? Yes. And I'm not sure at the moment if they've got the headspace. So they may want it. <laughs> And there's often a difference between wanting something and being able to do it. Mm. Um, But they definitely like hearing that they're not alone in the challenge. They like ideas of what other organizations and businesses have done to tackle some of the issues or what they're doing to prepare for transition ahead. And through that, they often get ideas of how they could reframe how they're seeing something to be more creative, to give them more options. So I'm finding that they're often wanting it, and I think they're getting it through more the webinars that, for example, LACE are providing. I'm not at the moment seeing many of them having the headspace to do coaching across organisations. It's good to know. Um, I've got got my crystal ball question, if that's all right. 
Are you, are you ready for this? Jess? Yes, I love that. Everyone <laughs> loves a crystal ball question. Yes. So uh, one of the things that we've been talking about in the most recent webinar that we did was the new normal, life beyond the current crisis. And again, as I said, we are in lockdown at the moment. The hope that everybody's got their fingers crossed, firstly, that the pubs will open soon. Um, and I'm not going to ask you when the pubs are going to open, because obviously I know that that's not your speciality. But what I would like to find out is let's just put ourselves in a hypothetical, you know, we're six months in six months time or let's say a year's time so 2021 do you think there'll be much change in the requirements of the types of coaching that you'll be delivering compared to now or do you think it will still be a lot of the similar types of the the stuff that you'll be doing i'd imagine a lot of the coaching again i'm i'm guessing here so please feel free to to correct me but a lot of it is around the the crisis management dealing with those stressful scenarios now will that still be the same in a year's time will it be a different type of focus will it be on the hopefully you know never know if this is such a short sharp recession maybe we can come out of it quickly and it's it's different type of coaching around the growth of business but what's your kind of crystal ball projection for 2021 in terms of the types of coaching that you think you'll see that's a great question and i wasn't prepared for it so i'm just thinking <laughs> a second I think it will depend if we have best case or worst case scenarios going ahead over the next six months or a year. So whichever happens of those, I think we will definitely get an increase in coaching focused on people re-evaluating their careers and thinking, what do I want my life to be about? And that can happen at any stage so you know you get people talking about their quarter life crisis and their midlife crisis and also you'll get people thinking about if I'm going to be working for another five or ten years before my retirement I think that will be a key element Mm. the other aspect I think we'll get a lot of is or or potentially get a lot of is uh, coaching around anxiety um, and for anxiety because I think the current situation has not dissipated the increasing levels of anxiety that we see in society anyway. And a lot of teenagers who have anxiety issues are now coming into the workplace. So it's something I was seeing increasingly anyway. So I I don't think this is going to um, shrink that. I think that will grow. And then in round business and organisations, I think we're going to be thinking about how to help people reevaluate their careers if AI has taken over some of the previous jobs, uh, depending how fast that grows. And then we're seeing some businesses at the moment growing uh, exponentially uh, within this crisis. And so I think coaching will be focused on what lessons can you learn from that that you can take into other industries and sectors? I think that's really interesting what you're talking about there. And I've read a lot of pieces about reskilling, actually. And if you think you've got somebody that if you think about the work, my working world, um, you know, I'm 37 years old and I have been in marketing for my whole career. And, you know, you learn certain skills and you learn certain ways of doing things. And now things are changing and people are having to adapt. And so it's not going to be easy for people to just adapt to that kind of mindset and and the changing world of of work and the idea of reskilling. So I think coaching has its role to play and the types of skills and helping people to be more adaptable, I think is quite an important, it's quite an important trait for people to have as we exit this this current situation. 
this is the bit in which I'm hoping that one of you is going to agree with me anyway. <laughs> Chris, no, definitely. <laughs> I, I think it's a, it's a really interesting point, Chris. I think, you know, we, we have talked quite a few times, right, about the the challenges that her, this, this very short period of having to react have driven into businesses. And I think um, we've, on a couple of our other discussions, investigated the digitization, the rapid digitization of businesses as a result. Um, and, you know, Jess touched on it earlier about sort of the challenge around whether, you know, jobs, uncertainty and the impact of some of that. But I think your point is interesting as well, that, that, that on fundamentally, I think a lot of processes and ways of working and ways of operating have now changed. Mm. And, and it's very hard to come back from that. Once you've stayed, made that step and proven that you can do it, it's very difficult to step back and argue you should go back to a less productive way of operating. So I think for people, that means that they their jobs will in some way invariably change. And you need to start helping think and then think through what skills they need to develop for what your rest of your business will look like as it starts to emerge post this. Um, so I, I, I do agree. I think there's, there's that is going to be a critical skill for people to, to get into. And I think coaching has a really cool part, core part to play in enabling people to adapt to those new skills. And I think coaching will be increasingly used to help people prepare for continual uncertainty. Yeah. We've uncertainty before and we had disruptors before and we were preparing for the Brexit disruptor and many industries uh, were looking at scenario planning for new product disruptors. But I think this has shown us that businesses really need to prepare ahead, not just to plan for change, but be really agile around change. And so I think there'll be a, a increasing focus on that and using more and more neuroscience and, and the latest research that will be, you know, using this as a fantastic case study for them uh, that will then help build ways of working, looking at habits, creating habits and how to lead through this uncertainty if it happens again. Because at the moment, we don't know when it's going to end and what else it's going to throw up. No, I think that's a that's a really, really good point and a good point for us to uh, come towards the end of today's podcast. Uh, Jess, thank you very, very much for your time today. It's been really, really interesting to get that kind of viewpoint on the the important role that coaching can play. And of course, uh, if you'd like to have a chat with Jess, um, I'm sure you're available on LinkedIn. And what sort of socials are you on Twitter and things like that, Jess, or is it just LinkedIn? Just LinkedIn. So uh, it can find you at, what is it, Jess, Jessica Raby or Jess Raby? Yes. Jessica Raby. And um, one of the things that I do a lot with clients is really thinking about how to play to your strengths. And there's so many social media platforms. So I focused on the one where um, I'm most comfortable and <laughs> playing to my strengths. <laughs> I think that's a uh, that's a very good shout as well. So again, Jess, thank you very much for joining us Pleasure. today. And Aaron, thank you for joining us as well. Thanks very much. See and you. we and we will see you next time on the HR on the offensive pod. Mm-hmm.